but I will thank you for an opportunity to sit down at your feet and hear from you. We ask that you would speak to us today, the word that will change our lives, Lord, the word that will make us better um, and closer to what Jesus Christ looks like, oh God, a word that will make, make us more and more like your son. We ask that you would not hesitate in telling us anything about our lives that we need to change and then that you would speak to us expressly, oh God. We ask that your Holy Spirit will come here. Whatever is will prevent your Holy Spirit from fellowshipping with us, we ask that you remove it from our lives. We ask that you forgive our sins and wash us clean with your blood in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your Holy Spirit, oh God, dwell in us and be with us and be for us and help us to do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh Lord, we ask that you receive the glory concerning our lives, oh God. Answer all our prayers, save souls all over the world, the sick. We ask that you heal them. The people that are depressed, we ask that you would help them to know the new life and give them the new birth, help them to be born again so that they can enjoy your peace and joy and love in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for people that societal, that you set them free from the bondage of darkness, oh God, and give them this new life, oh God, and give them joy and not to take their life, oh God. Save souls all over the world, oh God, and even our souls, oh God, that when you come in glory, we'll be found in heaven in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. So um, welcome to this um, Bible study. We will take our hymn um, now. And it is all to Jesus I surrender. I will try to share my screen right now. Okay, wait. Jesus, I surrender all to Him. I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence.
says all to thee my blessed savior i surrender all and that is complex because uh what what is all what does all mean all all that is in my hand to control i surrender to you it could be worldly things it could be my rights it could be my privileges. Everything that I have, I surrender to you. Everything that I am, I surrender to you. In fact, I'm not just surrendering what I have or what I am, but I'm actually surrendering myself to you to do whatever you want to do with it. Just like when you, it's something called I don't know if I'll, I'll say it well, but it's called right of attorney or something like that, where you give the right of attorney of yourself to somebody else such that when it's time for them to do something to you in case you are not capable of, of thinking or making that decision for yourself, you if the person that has your power of attorney, yeah, they call it power of attorney, Person that has your power of attorney um, does or make those decisions for you. So surrendering all to Jesus is like giving the power of attorney of your life over to Jesus. He can do anything he wants with it. And the funniest thing is that you're giving it to Jesus not because you are incapacitated, but you're giving it to to Jesus now, even when you're with your right mind, right? So you are telling God, control me. I'm not incapacitated. I can control myself, but I surrender control to you. And it's going to be a battle because you still cannot can control that right, but you have to get to a level where you don't control the right anymore. And that is where I'm trying to reach, a level where 
I don't, I've truly surrendered all to God. I don't have that power to make my own decisions anymore. God actually makes those decisions for me and my body just works. I want, works in accordance to what God wants to do. So my body just follows whatever he wants to do. I think that's what I want in my life right now. I want God to take control of my life. Amen. So last week, we stopped at the new birth. The new birth is a prerequisite for knowing God. There is a condition, a basic condition for knowing God. And the first one is the new birth. And so you cannot understand what the Bible says or any secret God wants to share with you about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit if you are not born again. To you, it will look like parable. It will be as if you are being told a story. You will not be able to understand it because without the new birth, you are incapable of understanding it. And I, by the grace of God, I spent some time studying what the new birth is for myself again. I know what the new, new birth is. It is the crucifixion of the old man and the imputing of the new man inside you and I, that is um, being born again. But I was able to study it in depth and God was faithful to give me revelation about, uh, revelation by his grace about everything. Not everything, but about more, more than what I knew before concerning being born again. So I knew some things before, but God, through the revelation of his son, made me understand more and more about the new birth. And I'll be sharing it with you today. And I pray that God will open your eyes and open your heart to receive this. And I pray that God will teach you the next steps, what to do next um, as we run through this. Here, I wrote, as I was starting that, there are different kinds of birth. We have birth, being born of the flesh. We have being born of the flesh. We have being born of water. We have being born of the spirit. And so if we start, let's start reading the Bible because um, the Bible is life. The Bible is where we get all the interesting things, all the truth, the truth about the word of God. So John chapter three, that is where Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So let's read it from, about this part. Okay, thank you. So please open your Bibles to um, John chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to be reading from verse 1 to where we will stop. And it says here that... It says, I'm reading in New King... No, let me read New King James Version. So New King James Version says, <laughs> excuse me, 
there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him, unless God is with him. So Jesus answered and said unto him, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Okay? The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. But you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you, verse 12, if I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. So this is Nicodemus, the teacher of Israel, the whole nation. He's a teacher of Israel. He can be likened to a very popular teacher in the US or the Pope in Rome, and he, he did not even know what it meant to be born again. So from here we can see that you, you cannot understand the word of God if you're not born again. You cannot know the basic conditions for following God. You cannot understand to you it's gonna be like a parable. Even if you have a PhD in theology, if you are not born again, you cannot, understand the word of God. You would only use English words to explain spiritual secrets. And it's not going to be received by, it's not going to change anybody's life. It's not even going to change your life that is speaking. So if you are the Pope or, um, um, or a PhD holder in theology, if you are not born again, you cannot understand the word of God. Like Nicodemus, he did not understand what it meant to be born again. So that said, whoever you are listening to this, you must be born again. And that's why last week we asked ourselves, are you born again? Now, how do I know I'm born again? What does it mean to be born again? Jesus said in... Um, In verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, 
he cannot, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born of water? And what does it mean to be born of the spirit? And God is going to help us to dissect it today. So, So let's start from the scripture. Let's start by reading um, John. Uh, let's start Second Peter chapter three, verse eighteen. So you use the word of God to explain what the word of God says. So here, the summary of what Jesus' conversation is. Um, Jesus' conversation with. Nicodemus was that you must be born again. And to him, it was still mystery. And by the grace of God, when we read the Bible, um, we see the life of Nicodemus born again, like Paul and Peter, which we are going to read now. They explain to us what it means truly to be born again. So we're going to read some scriptures, and I want you to have your notebook and your pen and jotting down everything we're going to say today. So, um, the summary of what Jesus told Nicodemus is says that if you read down, down to 14, it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in Jesus should not perish. So we have to look up to Jesus. We have to look up to Jesus on the cross. So that work of being born again started on the cross. Basically, that was, that was what Jesus was trying to tell us the case. And 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him. So to read down, it just explains what Jesus let's go to what happened on the cross and how is that going to make us born again. Second Peter 3 verse 18. The second Peter Says that grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ to Him glory now and forever. So we need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, who is Jesus? We need to grow in the knowledge of Jesus. Jesus is the Word. How do we use the word in John 1 verse 14? So I'm going to be linking these scriptures like 
use of that. And I pray that you understand. So we have started by laying the foundation of in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we will see, we will now see John chapter 1.
that is why I'm going to be able to do a bill right now. But as many as received that thing, who created the world, who created us, who created the earth, as many received that thing, to them he gave the right to become children of God. If you receive this thing, you become a child of God. Which is me. It's so much suspect. I want to know who this is. To those who believe this name, who were born not of God. See Born. Lord, we're not talking about physical birth. Yeah. You are a child of God, not because you were born, not because you were born from the people of the but you have to be born of God. How can you be born of God? Let's write it down. You have to be born of water to enter the kingdom of God, John 3. We have to be born of the spirit to enter the kingdom of God. Then in order for you to become a child of God, you have to be born of God. Born of God. How can we be born of God? We have to fulfill three things. Go through three births, right? Before we become children of God. And the Bible says that if you are not born again, then you cannot see. So these three births, these births, this at least burn of water and burn of spirit means being born again. So let's keep going. And this one says we have to be born of God. God help us to understand. And the word, this word, this he that's, that is light, that is, is light, he is life. He created the whole world. He was with God from the beginning. This he now became flesh. He became a human being, right? And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. We saw him. The glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. So this person, let's keep going, let's keep going. And of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Also, the name of this hymn has been revealed finally. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. So, so if we back up, we said, John, the word became flesh whom we saw his glory. John bore witness of him and cried out saying, this is he of whom I said, he who comes, this is he, this is the, this is the person that became flesh. This is the word of God. And who was he referring to? He was referring to Jesus Christ. And John ended up baptizing Jesus and telling everybody, this is he that I'm talking about. This is he. 
So we know that this word is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, and he's the only one that has seen God. He's the only begotten son of God who declare, um, who will declare God because Jesus will tell us a lot of things about God. And when you go down, you read about how Jesus, John saw Jesus and says, and looking at Jesus, he, he walked and he said, behold the Lamb of God. So we have established that John introduced Jesus to the world, right? To the people around him, and he's the word. So let's write down in your book that when it says that grow, when Second Peter 3, 18 says grow in Jesus, is saying grow in the word because the word is Jesus, which we established from John 1, 14. So grow in Jesus, the word of God, right? Thank you. Now, we're building up stuff. Please stay with me. So we know that we have to grow in Jesus, and Jesus is the word of God. And then we now go to um, this place where it says that Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. So by God's grace, I want you to stay with me. All these things are spiritual things. We're only going to use the Bible to explain them. Just the word of God will explain itself. Oh, wow. I should have done this. Okay, so. It says here that Ephesians 5, 27, 25 to 27 says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So the word of God, we have established that the word of God is Jesus, right? So Jesus cleanses us by washing us with water through the word. So Jesus has water. The word has water to wash us with, right? So now he cleanses us with this water, right? So let's put it down. So Jesus cleanses us with water. Jesus has water, water that he uses to cleanse us. Okay, let's keep doing that. Now let's go to, so we have linked Jesus with the word and the word is Jesus and he has water and that water is used to cleanse us, right? So we are going to also go to John 4, verse 12 to 14. So John 4, 12 to 14 says that this is a story about the Samaritan woman. 12 to 14 says that, okay, let's read from 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink for his disciples. Give me a drink for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, 
Being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is, who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So Jesus has water, right? That he uses to cleanse us. Now, if you knew the gift of God, many people don't know the gift of God. You see, he says that he came to his own and his own did not recognize him. Let's talk less of receiving him. The woman did not even know the gift of God. Who is Jesus? The gift of God and the person saying, the gift of God and person that is saying, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would give you living water. Wow. So he has living water. What are we going to do with the living water? Oh, I know. To cleanse us, to cleanse us, to wash us clean. Okay. Yes. But what did Jesus want to give this living water to this woman for? Is it just to cleanse her? Let us see. So the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never test again. Ha! Huh. So, this water that Jesus wants to give us is not only to wash us clean, wash our sins away. It's not only to wash us clean. It's also for us to drink. Oh, wow. So we have to drink this water. Wow. So what happens... To this water when I drink it. So, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will now become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The water will become, okay? So I'm going to give you water. You're going to drink it. And this is a process. Drinking the water is not enough. The water has to then become a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. Springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. So the opposite of this water springing, uh, sorry, the opposite of the water, the fountain springing is thirst, right? So if this water does not become a fountain, 
Does it mean that we will still thirst? Because it said, if I give you this water, you will not test, but the water will become in you a fountain. So let's keep that in one place. What, does, what happens when the water doesn't become a fountain? The water that Jesus gives us doesn't become a fountain. So let's see. Um, so just keep it as a question mark and let us keep going. So one, Jesus will wash us with that water. Jesus will give us that water to drink. Now let's keep going. So we see, we've seen John 4, 14, it says, whoever drinks this water, you drink it as a first step. You will never test. Why won't you ever test? Because it's going to become a fountain of living water. Let's, these two bots are really confusing me. So let's try to read, um, Check another version. Not confusing, but I just want to know if there is a. Um, so I'm using NLT now. Let's see. But who, those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It looks like he's trying to say why you will never be thirsty again. Because I'm just, I don't want to add a because, but. But those who drink the water I will give will never be tested again. The water that's it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. So stage one, God gives us the water so that we will not be tested again. And I, this is the reason why you will not be tested again, because it becomes a bubbling spring within you, giving you eternal life. That is the reason. A bubbling, a bubbling spring giving you eternal life. Bubbling spring. Bubbling spring. spring. A spring that doesn't run dry because you'll never be thirsty again. And, and then you'll never be thirsty again. Because obviously, if, you're, if you have a spring flowing through you, you'll never be thirsty again. So Revelations 21 verse 6. So let me open it somewhere else so that we will. Revelations. Revelation 21, verse 6. It says that, and he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Sorry. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. So this water now has a new name. It's the water of life. It's a life. Oh my God. Water of life. Water of life. Okay, let's go to an the new King Zoom version we've been using before. What does it say? It says, 21.6, it says that, and he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. So, okay, I was looking for where it says river. I think river is King James version. It says river 
It says fountain. We will come back to fountain. And where are you? Okay. Okay. So says that here. Class six. Still fountain says. So beginning and the end, I will give to him that is a test of the fountain of the water of life. So the water of life is still is still um constant. This water is the water of life. So when you drink it, life, you drink life. So life, and then it says, as we dealt last week, it says that the old man is being crucified and then you have a new man living in you you are a new creature you have a new life and paul said you can go and look for the verse i am crucified with christ nevertheless i live but the life which i live now is that of jesus christ i live by faith in jesus christ so i have died the life the, the life of the old man he's been nailed to the cross as we read last week now we have a new life. And then this new life was given because we drank, was born in us because we drank this water. So what does it mean to be born of water? What does it mean to be born of water? When you drink this water that Jesus gives you, a new life is born in you because he gives you the water of life. So that is being born of water. I've gotten to uh, partly destination A. We've gotten to destination A. We've been coming from who is the word of God. We've been coming from growing Jesus. Then we said that Jesus is the word of God. And then we saw that the word of God, which is Jesus, washes us with water that he has. He not only washes us with the water he has, he also gives us the water to drink. And this water is not just ordinary water, it's the water of life. And remember that at, when we come to Christ, he takes our old man and nails him to the cross. So death happens to the, to the life that our, that our mommy gave us. Death happens to the, the old life. And then he gives us this water and we have the new life. And guess what? You will know that you have the new life. You will know that you have the new man living in you. You will know when you have drunk this water of life. You will know when the old man has been crucified and nailed to the cross. You will know it. And then you will, it will be said that you have been born of water. That is one of step one of being born again, being born of water. I knew when I was born of water, right? So I knew when I was born of water, I was in sin. I was like addicted to sin. And on that faithful day, I knew that God, this is not the life you have created me to live. My parents are back at home. They don't know this is what I'm doing in school. You know? So I'm like, my dad is a pastor. My mom is a pastor. And I even, I'm giving my life the questions when I was young. I know the right thing to do. And I, I can easily say, I want to do the right thing by denying myself, you know? You, know, you deny yourself. That's what I've actually been doing. Like when I gave my life to Christ, when I was probably seven, 
I went to the altar and I asked God, God come into my heart. And that day, the old life did not die. I just said it. I went through the motions and then I came back to my seat and I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I am born again. But that day, the, 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 I didn't have that new life in me. I was denying myself, which is step three, after being born again. So just write that down. Denying yourself is like step two or step three after being born again. You cannot deny yourself before you are born again. So if you are moral, if your daddy is a pastor or your parents are pastors, or you've been born in the church and you go to church every day and you're practicing morality, you're trying not to lie, trying not to sin, keeping a timetable so you don't tempt your, you don't fall into sin. You are trying to deny yourself, which is not what you're supposed to do first. The first step is to be born again. Then the next step is to deny yourself. You have to skip the faith part before you go to the works part. So you are doing the works without faith in Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of, you're already even committing sin because whatever commandments you keep is going to go to your record. Like you're going to say, I don't lie. I myself, I discipline myself. There's going to be pride in there. There's going to be like, whoa, I, I, I don't sin. I'm not lying this year. I'm not, I, oh, wow. I give myself a pattern at the back. I don't sin. I don't do this. So you are trying to deny yourself of, of the pleasures of sin before being born again. So that was what every moral person is trying to do right now. And that is not the right way to go about it. The first thing, a sinner, you don't need to go and keep the Ten Commandments and deny yourself worldly pleasure. No. A sinner needs to be born again. That's the first step. So I, as a pastor's child, went to the altar, gave my life to Christ, came back, and then I just discovered that there's one particular sin that keeps me in bondage, in bondage right? I, I try my best to morally, live morally, deny myself, don't tell lies, be honest. So I'm kind of like doing the moral things, but I am slave to sin and Satan. And then okay, yeah. So, and I'm a slave to sin and Satan. And so that day, that fateful day that God decided to deliver me, I don't know what I, I don't know how I deserve deliverance on that day, but I, 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 I'm grateful he set me free from that scene on that day. And I was feeling so depressed and guilty from all the nonsense things I have been doing. And I was like, this is not what I was convicted in my spirit. God decided to save me on that day. And so that's what God does to any sinner. If you are praying for your parents that are sinners, you're praying for your friends that are sinners, you only have to pray for them and you have to tell them the word of God, right? You cannot force them into Jesus. God will draw them when he's ready to draw them, but take their names to God in prayer. So, um, God decided to draw me on that day to himself. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to convict me of my sin. I felt guilty about this. I felt sad. I felt depressed. And I said, God, forgive me. Forgive me, please. And I cried my eyes out. I cried my eyes out. And I knelt down. I was the only one in my dorm. And I was like, God, please forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. And God said, behind me, I heard, I have forgiven you. And I was like, what? 
was there? And then nobody was there. Like, obviously, everybody had gone to class. And then I tried to check the door. It was, it was like, I tried to check the door. It was locked. And I tried to see if somebody just tried to respire for giving you, right? I opened the door and I looked if people were passing or something. But because I heard I have forgiven you fair and clear, like someone just spoke to me. So it was just really real to me at that time. And I was so happy because I, I said, wow, so this is Jesus, not my roommate trying to play a prank at me. <laughs> I say by saying Jesus, I saying I have forgiven you. No, Jesus spoke to me. I have forgiven you. And I was like, what? What's there? Jesus spoke to me that day. Said he has forgiven me. I was so happy. But I needed proof. I'm like, okay, show me the proof that you are forgiving me. And then he gave me a proof. I said, if something, something, something happens, I'll know you have truly forgiven me because this can be real. Like, so God forgave me. And that was the last time I, I fell into that sin that I was addicted to. I don't know if you have had addiction before. I don't know if you have been able to to deny yourself of your addiction have you done like a, like a timetable or a plan to deny yourself it's not easy it's called addiction for a purpose it's not something like a lie that you say okay i'm not gonna lie today or i'm not gonna steal today no addiction is when you you cannot control yourself because you are slave to that act Jesus has the power to deliver you because he delivered me because the next day I was tempted and I was laughing at the whatever spirit that was tempting me. I was like, so you want me to feel depressed as I was depressed yesterday? No. I had the power to say no to sin. And I drank that day of the water of life. And I had a new man. And Jesus, God at that moment took the old man and nailed it to the cross. And I was born of water on that day. Did that water become a fountain in me on that day? No. I didn't have any i didn't give anybody water of life on that day because the water was just in me and that's why i was emphasizing the water becomes a fountain i have the water of life so many christians are moving around yes they've been born of water they have the water of life living in them but what makes them truly born again remember jesus said in john chapter 3 says that except the man the born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Leading us to the next step. You know what is, it means to be born of water now. A new life living in you. God crucifying the old man to the cross as we saw last episode. Go listen to it. So what is this next step? How do I... Um, how did the water, how did the water that Jesus has given me to drink become a fountain flowing out of me? That's the next thing we'll look at. But before we go there, let's read more about this water uh, before we go to the next step. So Revelations 22 verse 17. 22 verse 17 says that, please open your Bibles. Behold, I come quickly. Uh, 17, 17 says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is attest, come. 
If you're thirsty, come. And whoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Take and drink is free. Take the water of life and drink it is free. So, um, so the water of life is free. And then Psalms 1 verse 3, when we go to Psalms 1 verse 3, it says something about the water of life. So we're, we're not, we don't want to leave this water part. And I think we're going to stop here. I don't want to stop here. <laughs> I don't want this to be too long. Well, I think I'm going to follow this script. Wherever I will stop, it will be fine. So let's see. <sighs> Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3. Let me share my screen so that you can all see the verses that I'm reading. So it says here that it says here that blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Aha. Let's keep these things. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, how can that water become a fountain flowing out? So now if you are born of water, right? There are some things that God would like you to do. Don't walk in the way of the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. But delight in the word of God. Meditate on it day and night. When you meditate on it day and night, this is the word we are talking about. This is Jesus. Delight in reading his word. Delight in 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 meditating on the word of God. Now, when you meditate on the word of God, it is like you are by, it is like you are a tree planted by the water, the rivers of water. So reading the word of God is, is this water that you're staying by it and you keep drinking it. Because the tree planted by the rivers of water is always getting water, right? Drinking this water. Keep drinking this water. Drinking this water. When you keep drinking the water, right, something is going to not happen. Then you bring forth fruit in your season. Ha! Huh. Fruit. Fountain springing out into eternal life. Fountain. What are you bringing up? What is that water coming out of you after you've drunk it and it becomes a fountain? The fountain is the fruit. The fruit of who? The fruit of the spirit. Ha! So I need the spirit. I need the spirit to have this water ooze out of me. So we're going there now, being born of the spirit. So that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And this is the this verse four to six. We have read verse one to three. A good man and the lot of the righteous, but verse four to six, 
is the lot is the, is the lot of the ungodly. This is what's going to happen to the ungodly that doesn't that do not drink of the water of life and that live their life the way they want. I don't want to read it. They can go read it if they want to. So, lastly, <clears throat> remember that it will bring forth fruit when you keep drinking from the river of life. I am here. I'm drinking from the river of life, and something's gonna come out of me. I'm gonna bring forth fruit. Um, this water shall also flow out of me. So, um, so that is like a picture which I wish I could draw. So, let's keep going. Let's keep going. So the, the ungodly are not so. Okay, we're not gonna read that part. So, one read Jeremiah seventeen verse eight, and we go. Keep helping us, Jeremiah. 17 verse 8 says that uh, for he shall be as a tree planted by so this is this is interesting because um David God gave David to, to, to say this psalm and then Jeremiah is saying it right now that for he shall be like a tree planted by the river by the waters and that spread out her root by the river and shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So, you know, yield fruit, yield fruit. <laughs> Everything is just interlinked, even if you want to read the other part. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And it links also to a part where Jesus said that what defiles the heart is not is not uh, what goes into the heart, but what comes out of the heart defiles the, the mind. What comes out of you defiles you. So if, if hatred comes out of you, if, um, if sin comes out of you, if wickedness comes out of you, that's what defiles you. What you say comes out of you, not what you eat. But what comes out of your mouth, out of your heart, out of your heart, that's what defiles you. Guess what? If goodness flows out of you like the river of living water, it makes you holy, right? Because it, the, the what comes out of a man's heart defiles him. If the fountain of living water comes out of you, then it makes you holy. If joy comes out of you, it makes you holy. If, if peace comes out of you, it makes you holy. But we are skipping a step. What makes this water that we drink every day from the word of God become a fountain? Because it has to become a fountain for us to be holy. It has to become a fountain for us not to thirst again. A fountain has enough supply, right? Now let's keep going. So, so we've seen that water is the new life. So this is kind of like a summary. Water is a new life, the new creation. The new life being born to you is when you drink this water of life, then the new life is born in you and you are born of water. Sinners are thirsty. They try to satisfy themselves with worldly achievements. And when they get it, they are not truly satisfied. Then they get depressed and commit suicide. Something. Jesus is asking you today, to come, come and drink 
the water that is free, the water that will quench your thirst. We've read from Psalm 1, verse 3, he says that, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. It's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, when you meditate on God's word, which is Jesus that gives us the water, it will look like you are being planted by the river of water. It will look like you're always drinking water because you are reading God's word, always drinking this water, reading God's word. And the word Jesus will always give you, okay, the word which is Jesus will always give you this water to drink. And that is what we said here. Say, you say, I want to have the fruit of the spirit. I want to have joy. I want to have peace. That's what I always say. I want to have joy. God, give me joy. Go meditate on the word of God. I'm talking to myself. Go and meditate on the word of God. When you sit down and plant yourself by the river of the word of God, you keep meditating on it and drinking it and drinking it. The Holy Spirit will then activate it and bring out what? Joy from you. Bring out peace from you. Bring out love from you. Bring out rivers of living water from you. So the word who is Jesus has given us the water of life. This water one cleanses us and some people are born again. Wait. They have the new man, but are still thirsty. Why? So we need this water to become a perpetual spring in us. So who said perpetual spring? Who said perpetual spring? So this guy says, the water that I give you will become a fresh bubbling spring within you, giving you eternal life. So somebody said perpetual spring, and it is the Living Bible, I think. Let's go. First one says, uh, listen. 13, um, John 4, verse 14. But the water in Living Bible version, but the water I give them, he said, becomes a perpetual spring within them. Becomes. Christians, I've been born by, I've been born of the, I've been born of water. But what's happening? When will it become a perpetual spring within me, watering me forever into eternal life? Who's gonna make it become a perpetual spring within me? That's what we're here to find out. So, the only way. It can be a perpetual spring if you, are, if you are planted by the river of water. And also this water of life has to be activated to become a spring, right? It has to be activated to become a spring in us, right? So John 4, 14, yeah, so that's it. So now let us see how the Holy Spirit or let's see who, I already give away the answer, who activates this water that we drank for, we keep drinking every day from the word of God to become a perpetual spring. Who does this for us? Who is doing this for us? And then we, the, the title of this next session is Being Born of the Spirit, Activating the New Man. How do we activate this new man? How, 
how do we activate this number? Before we go there, I just want us to pray and say, God, please help me. Help me, oh God. Give me this water to drink. Give me this water of life. This water of life, you said it's in Revelations. You said it's in Psalms, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. This is water of life. This is what it means to be born of water. Lord, give me this water to drink. You gave the woman at, at Samaria. You did not physically give it to her. She knew when you gave it to her. She stood up, she dropped her bucket, and she went to the village, to the, the village to call people, come and see, come and see. This water, you gave it to her to drink. When she asked you, give me this water. Now, I want you to ask God, Jesus, give me this water to drink. She asked, give me this water. See? Please, sir, the woman said, John 4, 15, give me some of that water. Then I will never be thirsty again. God, Jesus gave her the water. So let's ask God, Jesus, please give me this water. Help me to be born of this bud of water. Give me this water of life so that I will never be thirsty again. I want to be born again. I want to be born again. And the first step is to be born of water. Jesus, give me this water to drink. I ask in Jesus' name. And God will go into you and take your old life and nail it to the cross and give you a new life and give you a drink of water of life. And you will be born of water in the name of Jesus. But I thank you because your children will be born of water today. They will be born. This new life will be born in them, oh God. This new man will be born in them, oh God. And they will, they will know the difference. They will know the difference. In Jesus' name of prayer, amen. Before um, we go forward, water baptism is a symbol to show the world that you have been born of water. Yeah? That the old man has died and then you resurrected with a new life, which is Christ Jesus. So water baptism is a symbol that you have drunk the water of life. And God has done the work of righteousness in your life. So people that go for water baptism should not just go for water baptism until they have experienced, they have noticed that the old man has left them and been nailed to the cross. Until they have noticed that I can say no to this addiction. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Until they've noticed that after they've come to God and asked for this water, they were able to say no to sin. They have been forgiven. They felt it in their heart, the joy that the woman felt when she stood up and dropped her bucket and went to call the people to come and see this man that's changed their life. There will be a change. You will know that there's a new life living in you. All things will pass away and all things will become new. You will feel it. You will have God in you. So what about teasing is a sign that this has happened and you're telling the world that, well, I can feel it in me that this has happened. Thank you, Jesus. Now we're going to move to activating this new life. And it is another word for being filled with the Holy Spirit and being born of the Spirit. So we're going to read John 7, 37 to 39. And honestly... 
have a feeling that I don't want us to rush through this and then we will continue next week by the grace of God because I'm going to be rushing all these things and I don't want to rush all these things. I pray that. Ah, ah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff here <laughs> that God revealed to me when I really said, God, please, I want to know the difference between being born of water, being born of the spirit. What is it? Is it water baptism? And God told me, water baptism is a outward sign that I feel something. I feel like I have been changed. I feel like there's a new man. It's like a symbol to the world. But the real thing, being born of water, is drinking the water that Jesus would give you. I thank you, God, for this Bible study. I give you praise because you have spoken to your children exactly how you want them to hear your word. I don't know. It looks like I did not miss anything, but I believe that it's because you reminded me of everything you want your children to hear. And that is why they've heard. And that is why all this word has come out. I pray that everyone that will be listening, oh God, as they ask you for the water of life, oh God, I ask that you please, Jesus, choose them and give it to them. Lord, give them this water to drink and let their lives be changed and then be delivered from addiction, delivered from depression, delivered from sin, delivered from the bondage of darkness in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the, day, the name of Jesus is greater than every other name, that are the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things on earth and things on the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is the name of Jesus, the powerful name that will set your children free, the powerful name that will give them the water of life, the powerful name that would, that when, oh Jesus, that when, oh God, you desire to save this world, God will do the work of righteousness and nail the old man to the cross. And then what? And give them this new life in them, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Please do so, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. We also pray for our week as we will be celebrating Easter, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, that Lord, you would. Make this real in their lives. Even as you made it real in my life, making me understand what it means, oh God, to be, to have a new life, oh God. Even though it happened a long time ago, I didn't know what it was, right? But now I am understanding what it was at that time because suddenly I, 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 I was not interested in seeing anymore. And it's all because of you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, do it for everyone that will watch and bless us, bless our weekend, bless us this Easter, give us, your spirit, more of your spirit, activate your spirit in us to the glory of your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay blessed. Amen. Have you ever listened to a podcast and thought about what other listeners are saying about that episode? Have you ever thought about giving feedback and interacting with the host of a favorite podcast? Podroom is a podcast player and chatroom platform for the podcast communities. Join millions of similar podcast listeners and interact with like minds on the Podroom app. It's a social networking platform with over 750,000 audio and video podcast content. It's available on the Play Store and App Store. Download Podroom now to enjoy this episode. Oh, 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 oh,